Kanye West approaches Michael Che from Saturday Night Live and says, I will double your salary if you stop working oh, there yeah. and stop being friends with Pete Davidson. Courtney, Kanye approaches you about the same thing involving me. What's your price? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get those negotiations going. I might not be as loyal as uh, Michael Che was <laughs> to Pete And Davidson. the number might not be as high. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's that time again. Time to cope on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly, a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And we had thought maybe we were going to do gambling addiction coming off of the Super Bowl because we thought we might do it last week. But mm-hmm. then I said, now I have another idea. So we went with that. Then as this week went on, Courtney, you came to me. You said there's something going on yeah. current events wise that I think needs to be addressed. And it's a topic that we haven't covered, surprisingly, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But Kanye West, he's been having some issues, we could say, for quite some time. And they've really been ramped up ever since the whole Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson thing Mm -hmm. started happening. And then we found out more a little bit this week. There is a documentary coming out about Kanye. And not surprisingly, there are some mental health issues perhaps associated with all of this. Yeah, he struggles with bipolar disorder. And I also was looking to see that it seems he also was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder back when he was a teen, when he was younger. So I don't know if they would call it in remission or if it still plays a role there, but it illuminates a piece in mental health that a lot of times when people are depressed and they're not feeling well about things, they're in emotional distress. Sometimes people are more likely to go internal. They get depressed, they get isolative, they stay away from people, they shut down. But the flip side of the coin, people can also start acting out externally. And a lot of times that gets people in trouble. A lot of other people around them don't have a lot of tolerance, but I thought it would be important to shine a light on the fact that you can also show that you're in distress because of some of the stuff that you're doing externally and to try to kind of look at that and see if we can have a better understanding for the people that we're dealing with. And also, if you're someone who acts out when you get overwhelmed, maybe is prone to anger, irritability, that kind of thing, maybe we can talk about some ways to cope with that and to get some help around that. The place where I would like to start here, I think we almost have to back up a little bit further because I find in everyday life that people love to throw the word bipolar around. Oh, Mm -hmm. that person seems so bipolar. Oh, I think I'm bipolar. And then the more that you talk to them about it, the more that you start to figure out they don't really have a full grasp Mm -hmm. of what that means exactly. And I would say the same thing for borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. So before we take this deep dive, Courtney, how about you give an explanation to the two of those things and some of the things that people should look for when it comes to both of them. Now, with bipolar, you can have swings, and you can have bipolar 1, you can have bipolar 2. Bipolar 1 is more of the severe swings from depression into a mania, where Mm -hmm. people may be getting grandiose, they're kind of having these ideas that people may think are kind of delusional. They may also act out and act very impulsively, spend a lot of money, they may do things that are very unsafe, there may be some substance abuse, that kind of thing. So watching for that, they may have very sped up speech. I have clients who will go through times of hypomania where they have all of these ideas coming in rapid fire and it's hard for them to concentrate. Now they feel more energized, but a lot of times people will equate that with a euphoria, but really it can be an irritation. They may have some anger under that, but a 
lot of times people feel better, of course, when they have some of that energy going on. So that's one of the reasons why it's hard with people. Sometimes they will stop taking their medication because they feel that it dulls them. Now with bipolar, like I said, people can switch into having the depression. So they have these episodes where they go from one to the other, or they may have mixed episodes where they're depressed, but then they have this rapid pressured speech. And of course, you can look up and see the specific definitions of time frames and stuff like that. It's kind of like a storm coming through is how it's explained a lot of times. People have this, and a lot of times it's in their family line, and they will need to take medication a lot of time to help them because it's a chemical imbalance. So it can really throw people off because one minute you're feeling one thing, and another minute you're feeling something else, and the people around you also are feeling like they're not on steady ground with you either because they don't know. Sometimes it's driven by a lot of anger and irritability, and so people seem to switch their moods quickly, and so that's why sometimes people will say, oh, you're acting bipolar. But there's different degrees of it, but I think that if someone is having some of these issues where their moods are rapidly changing or changing over a day or two or within time, it's important to go and get assessed for that. The thing with borderline personality disorder, that's more like something that's kind of stable in your personality, something that you've been dealing with a lot of times since childhood or teen years. That can be caused, the theory is that people may have a more sensitive nervous system. And if they're in an environment that's very invalidating, if you're around parents that maybe say, oh, what's the matter with you? Why are you crying all the time? I'll give you something to cry about. With somebody who's very sensitive and doesn't know how to regulate their emotions, if they are not taught ways to self-soothe and they're not validated as far as their feelings, saying it's okay to have these feelings, then they don't feel like their feelings are okay. And so what happens is they start going from zero to 10 and they don't know how to calm themselves. And also it's described as emotionally, you feel like you have third degree burns, like you can't tolerate these emotions. It's very, very painful. So someone who is suffering from borderline personality disorder and also has bipolar, in the case of what we're hearing about with Kanye, you can see where that can be something that makes you feel like you don't know how to get your feet on solid ground emotionally. So it's like you never feel steady and safe. You're feeling like everything is up and down. And so this is what causes emotional outbursts, causes relationship problems, as you can imagine, and causes people to have more suicidality and having more suicide ideation and vacillating between those emotions all of the time. It just makes you feel very unsteady. And so it is a very tricky thing to deal with that. And I also wanted to send out, there's these great videos online, Dr. Tracy Marks, she's a psychologist. She kind of goes through some of the differences with the two disorders and how sometimes they can be comorbid together about 20% of the time. So it's very interesting. But yeah, when we see something like what's playing out with Kanye and what has played out with him in the past, we can kind of see this. Well, I would say with Kanye, I know him as yay. (laughs) All of the signs really do seem to be there. And one of the interesting things that you mentioned in the middle of all of that that I can relate to, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have anything as it pertains to bipolar Mm -hmm. or borderline personality, but the one area where you said this reluctance to take the medication, Mm. when you're dealing with somebody like Kanye, who is obviously a very talented and very creative person, that is just the kind of person who would be terrified to perhaps dull the senses Mm -hmm. and maybe take away some of the ability to have your mind be open to those sorts of things. Back in the 60s, sometimes it went the other way, where people felt like, I'm becoming more aware if I'm on certain drugs. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to treating mental health issues, I was in the same boat when I was going through depression and anxiety, and I was in a really, really bad place, and I had therapy 
therapists come to me and even my primary care physician and say, we're thinking of putting you on this behavioral medication or that one, to which I said, I rely very much on a quick brain, the rapid comebacks, coming up with that joke, Mm -hmm. whether it's writing, whether it's on the radio. And if you take that away from me and it starts to affect my job, look, when everything is going well in either medium, those jobs are still very easy to lose. Mm -hmm. But if you start to handicap me in any way, or at least how I would perceive it, and my performance starts going down, now I'm really going to be in a lot of trouble. And it took a lot of work to convince me that it was the way to go. And eventually I discovered, okay, it's making me feel different in certain ways, but it didn't necessarily affect me, I didn't think, in the creative department. Mm -hmm. But trying to convince somebody with an ego as big as Kanye's that that's going to be the case, that must be a monumental task. And people who are, like yourself, very creative, this is the concern. They're afraid. They're going to lose that. They're going to lose that spark and that talent. And I do talk to clients about trying different things out. Medications are very individual. I wish we could take like a blood sample from people and be like, okay, match you up with the perfect medication. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, but it's not there yet. And so I tell people, have patience, try different things and just see. And I've had clients who certain ones didn't work for them. Then they found a medication that was giving them some relief. They could sleep. Their moods were more stable. And I've seen this over and over again. So I can say with confidence to people that sometimes you have to try out a few different ones to see what works. And I can say with confidence, having been down that road, sometimes it does work Mm -hmm. for a year and then it stops working. And then you go on something else and that works for two years Mm -hmm. and then it stops working. And then you go onto something else. It's almost like when you work out, they say physically, if you do the same workout every single day, over time, it starts to become less effective. So you've got to switch it up a Mm -hmm. little bit to be able to keep showing progress in those areas. And I would say with mental health, both in therapy and with medication, it's pretty much the same deal. And it's interesting too, because sometimes people are going through a lot of stressors. They may need to be on a medication. They're having more depression. They may need to be on a medication for a little while. They're having a lot of anxiety. But with bipolar, a lot of times people who have that chemical imbalance are going to benefit from medication. Really, that's the first way to go with bipolar is they're going to recommend medication first. With borderline personality disorder, the first thing they're going to recommend is therapy, like a DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, is the gold standard for that. What does that mean exactly for the layperson? What that is, is DBT. And if you look it up, they have a lot of ways and tools to help people cope with that emotional dysregulation helping you to build your tolerance for things and also helping you to cope and self-soothe, teaching you things that maybe you were never taught about how to cope with strong emotions. Everyone can benefit from that. I use DBT with everyone in my therapies, but borderline personality disorder, they really need a lot of intensive work around that. But interestingly enough, even though medication doesn't work per se for borderline personality disorder, it does work for maybe some underlying issues if they have anxiety, depression, sleep issues, they may take medication for that. But for bipolar, it really is about the medication and the therapy, but the medication is usually primary. So I do work with some people who don't want to stay on the medication. So we have to monitor things and we have to see, like, are you starting to have some mania? It's always good to talk to your friends and the people who are you really close with, maybe your mate, somebody you live with, who can notice things that are happening so that you can get some feedback. I hear all the time, they say, I didn't notice that I was so ramped up. I didn't notice I was hypomanic. I didn't notice that that was happening. People at work were telling me to slow 
down, but I didn't really notice. Sometimes the people around us will notice it before we do. Here's a component where I think there is a potential for some real danger. And let's just say that mental health in this way is something that runs in a family. Let's take it back to the Kanye situation with Mm -hmm. Pete Davidson. So you have Kanye acting out in the ways that he is, and you have Pete Davidson, who's on the receiving end of a lot of it, Mm. who has his own history of mental health issues and depression. For people who don't know, this is a guy who lost his dad, who was a firefighter when he was very young during Mm 9-11. He's had substance abuse issues. There was a time people were really concerned about him. He had an Instagram post, and people thought that he had put one up that made it sound like he was going to kill himself. He went off of Instagram for a while. Now he's back on it. Who was one of the first people to follow him? Kanye. Mm. So now you have two people in the middle of this who can potentially get caught into this vortex. And a lot of damage can be done to both parties. And Mm -hmm. then you have Kim, who's in the middle of everything Mm -hmm. and trying to act like a traffic cop. And especially this situation, when it's happening on the most public of stages for all of the world to see. I really worry about somebody like a Pete Davidson. And Courtney, if you are in that family dynamic where maybe you're the Kim and you're looking at the perpetrator, the victim, Mm -hmm. what is somebody like that supposed to do? What can you do for the person who's being victimized in this situation? It is just one big giant mess. If you have the spotlights on there, it's like, oh my gosh, they're in the public eye and that's so much pressure. It's hard enough dealing with mental health issues and like you said, having a history of substance issues and stuff like that and people getting triggered. I would say they all need to have their supports. So it's like Pete Davidson. I hope that his treatment around him, he has a therapist, he has someone he can talk to. Kanye, maybe he does talk to someone, a therapist, a clinician, because it does seem like he had some insights along the way throughout this whole thing that's been happening that he would pull back and say he was apologizing or having some insight about certain things to try to hope that everybody is having their supports around them. And I know Kim's probably just like, ah, and that's not a family I really follow, but my heart goes out to all of them. Well, plus there's kids involved in all of this. Exactly, exactly. With the kids involved, it's like trying to explain all this, why the adults are acting like this. The other interesting thing, when you look at a Kanye West and you look at a Pete Davidson and you see two tortured souls, what did they end up doing for a living? Mm -hmm. Something creative. And guilty is charged on that front. Mm -hmm. too. And I think sometimes in the midst of all of this, focusing on that area of your life is something that can also serve as therapy. Mm -hmm. I take all of that energy and I put it into the material I'm writing. And it hasn't only been that way just from a comedic perspective for TV, radio, stand-up, what have you. I've done other creative things. For a while in high school and in college, I was in bands. I would write songs and I would pour all of that into something that was somewhat productive. And if somebody like a Kanye could just focus that and put it into his music, instead of putting a bullseye Mm -hmm. on somebody else who may be in a bad place, and Pete Davidson on the flip side, pouring it into his comedy, that's also another way to address some of these things. Is it a cure-all? No. But that is something I think that maybe you as a family member, or perhaps even you as a therapist, Courtney, those are roads that you can try to steer them down. And that's what I would say, is to focus on what you can control, because if somebody else is acting erratic with things or doing certain things, trying your best to refocus on what you can. And I know Pete, it seems like he's been trying to deflect. and He's been handling humor. it pretty well, yeah, all it things seems considered. Like he is trying to. But yeah, really focusing on yourself, getting mindful, observing what's going on with you if you're having this distress. Also, like you said, focusing on things that you can create, something that feels meaningful to you, brings you joy, maybe even to 
distraction, things that can put your mind somewhere else. This is also a time when if people are going through emotional distress, doing some journaling around things, getting some of these emotions out, labeling what these emotions are that you're feeling because you may have a lot of them going on. On all sides of this, there may be anger. I can only imagine for Kim, she's probably upset and angry, but she's also concerned about Kanye. I mean, she's not made a secret about the fact that even though they're getting divorced, she cares very much for Mm -hmm. him and he's the father of her kids. So there's a lot of complexities. So kind of understanding all the things that you're feeling and going through and she's trying to reach him the best way that she knows how to get him to think and also to get some help. Because like I said, it's easy for us to say, oh, what the heck's going on with him? He's acting all erratic, but it sounds like he's been triggered. He had a loss. He lost his mom. He lost mm-hmm. his marriage. The other thing with people who have borderline personality disorder, they can very easily be triggered by feelings of rejection and also abandonment. And so if there's losses, that can trigger you to start feeling that insecurity again and to either reach for things that are unhealthy for you or to be going back to those behaviors that don't serve you. But again, it can go back to the fact that they're having a lot of emotional distress. And some of this speaks to the pursuit of celebrity love mm-hmm. me, love me, love me, yeah, because yeah. I just literally can't get enough. I'm a bottomless pit. And one of the other interesting components between mental health and creativity is this. The other day you were working on something and you wanted me to listen to it because you said, I've lost all sense of the project because I'm too close to it. Right. And sometimes people ask me, how's the screenplay coming? I don't know. I'm <laughs> sure. in the middle of it. I can't tell anymore. I need to back away from it for a while. A lot of times mental health issues, as you said, talk to the people around you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You're not getting a sense of the mania because you're too close to Mm -hmm. it or whatever your issue is. Exactly. Check in with the people that you trust. You don't want to go and disclose things to everyone around you. You want to pick people that you can trust and that you're close with and that will give you some honest feedback. And once they know that you're okay with the honest feedback, then maybe they will step forward when you are seemingly more depressed or you're having more anxiety or maybe they're concerned about your energy levels going up and down. Maybe then they will come and they will talk to you about it. I've seen this over and over and over again where someone will come in and say, oh, my husband says that I'm doing such and such. I don't think I am. But (laughs) once they start talking and telling me about what's going on and I'm like, "Okay, I can kind of see that. And they're like, well, what do you think I should do? And so we can get them in to talk to the doctor and maybe have a medication that's going to help slow them down before they go into a full episode. Or maybe they just need a PRN to help them out with the anxiety for PRN is as needed, as needed. A lot of times with medication, bipolar, like I said, there's a lot of times when people will be on it or will be on some medication to manage that in certain ways because it's such a chemical issue. But for some other issues, sometimes they're on medication for a while, but they get off of it when they have less stressors in their world, when they learn how to use some more coping, when they have more education on what they're dealing with and they learn what they can do to stay away from triggers. So medication doesn't have to always be the thing that people are on forever, but it is I came off of mine. Yeah, but it is important to know that for some people, it may be helpful to be on that for a while. Another layer to this, also very public, Kanye West approaches Michael Che from Saturday Night Live and says, I will double your salary if you stop working oh, there yeah. and stop being friends with Pete Davidson. Courtney, Kanye approaches you about the same thing involving me. What's your price? Oh, boy. Well, 
<laughs> Let's get those negotiations going. I might not be as loyal as uh, Michael Che was to Pete <laughs> And the number might not be as high. Uh, yeah, probably not. But yeah, wasn't that interesting? I said, what is going on here? But in his mind, it probably makes logical sense to him. He's and the only thing that. Che could do, same thing as Davidson, mm-hmm. just deflect it with humor. Yeah. Because how do you respond to something that is just so far mm-hmm. out there and just seems so unreasonable? And I think in a lot of cases, some people might be like, is he serious or is he joking? Yeah. But the scary thing is, I kind of think he's yeah. serious when it comes to stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as, I mean, I don't know, maybe behind closed doors he has quite the sense of humor, but he always usually presents as very serious about things. And not I, somebody who necessarily has a sense of humor yeah. about himself. Yeah. Looking at that, some of the behaviors, and again, it plays out so publicly. We mm-hmm. all know these things, and sometimes I think, do they think it's just sort of in a bubble when they post things or whatever? Or they're so focused. It's like tunnel vision, but they don't see the ripple effect in the bigger picture. It's well, there was that instance earlier this week where Kanye finally said, all right, I'm going to take some accountability, mm-hmm. and I've been way too public, and I need to stop it, and Kim is right. And then five minutes later, he's following Pete Davidson on Instagram, and he's talking crap again. Yeah. And it's like he can't even tell that he's doing it. Right. That's the part where we would say like there's a lack of insight there. Mm-hmm. For a minute there, I was happy because he did seem to have some insight. Like I said, it's that tunnel vision of like, this is what I have to do, and this is how I'm going to get my point across. But then once he pulled back and saw the bigger picture and Kim spoke to him in that way, it seemed that he understood. But again, he snapped right back. Never mind the second relationship that just fell for Kanye, Mm -hmm. because while he is dating, what's her name? Julia, I believe it was. Julia, yeah. He's delivering a truck full of roses to his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. And then finally, that seemed to be kind of the last straw in all of that. And then even Julia started talking about how Kanye was pressuring her Mm -hmm. to hit up her socials to talk about him and his situation. And then she started getting trolled for that. And she's like, people, Mm. this is not something that I wanted to do. So you can see, as we say, it's like throwing that rock into the pond in that ripple effect and how so many people get affected by this. Exactly. And the thing is, I don't know. I mean, we don't know for sure. We know pieces of things, but who knows what the inner workings were going on. But I'm just guessing that if you're in a relationship or if you're around people and they start to act kind of in that erratic way and they start doing things, that's when you need to have some limit setting and you need to have some boundaries on this because you don't want to get caught up in that. And it did seem like maybe she was getting caught up in some of these stories and like him saying, oh, post this or post that. That kind of goes back to, okay, if you're around someone that you're close to that starts to act out, it's like you need some limit setting and maybe to try to help them to get some help and to see that their behaviors are not so healthy. That's the innocent bystander, friendly fire caught in the crossfire Mm -hmm. kind of thing where you were just in the middle of this thing and you can't help but take a little bit of shrapnel. Right, right, exactly. With all of that, I can only imagine. I mean, the relationship only lasted two months, I guess, Mm -hmm. between him. I'm surprised it lasted that long. Yeah. Maybe she was enjoying the attention to a certain degree, but after a while, there's good attention and there's bad attention. And he is very talented and I'm sure maybe very charming. I don't know. I don't have a good handle on him. (laughs) I've said this very often because I have worked with people who are on this Mm -hmm. level and I've been fans of people who are on this level. And there is such a fine line, I am telling you, Mm. between genius and insanity. Mm. And I think Eddie Van Halen straddled that line. I've said it many times before. I think that was what was behind a lot of his substance abuse, the smoking, the 
alcohol, all of the things that ultimately ended up doing him in, yeah. unfortunately. But this was a guy who sometimes your awareness is just so high mm-hmm. that you can't process everything. You're just on such a level operating so much above everybody else. And sometimes, too, it makes you awfully insecure. And we talk about the growth of the insecure narcissist. We keep seeing that more and more. Social media is making it worse. Mm -hmm. And I think all of these things are adding up to cause a lot of these kinds of behaviors and maybe some of these disorders. Of course. And also the fact with the substance, like you said, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people who are the geniuses, the very creative people, they can't shut it down or the moods are erratic and they feel things. There's so much coming in that they start to use things to, okay, I just need to sleep. So I need to have some drinks or, oh, I need my energy to go up because I'm doing all these things and I'm exhausted. So they take a stimulant. There's all this up and down. And before you know it, there's a lot of addiction issues. I've talked about that myself. I have a very fast moving brain and people say to me all the time, oh, you're so quick. And yeah, I am. And as I've said, I can use it for good, but Mm -hmm. it can also be used for bad. And there was a stretch where I discovered, hey, if I drink enough, it seems to calm it down. Well, that's not a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. that you want to start going down. You don't want to become dependent on that, but some people can't help themselves. And sometimes, especially if it's in a family line, if it's in your genetics, and if you have depression in your genetics too, I mean, this can all be like a perfect storm for creating more issues with the mental health. So it is something definitely being aware of. And like I said, being aware of the people around you and if they're having any outbursts or any anger, irritability and the mood swings and stuff like that, trying to, instead of shunning them or saying, oh, what's wrong with these people, maybe talking with them and saying, hey, have you ever thought about getting some help around this or lending them an ear and seeing what's going on with them? Because those are also signs that people are struggling with mental health issues, not just the depression and the isolative behaviors. And as you said to me earlier this week, as we started having a conversation about this, you said for somebody like Kanye, who his knee jerk with this seems to be anger and lashing out. Mm -hmm. If you are on the receiving end of that, try to tell yourself and realize this isn't necessarily personal. Mm -hmm. This is part of the disorder and have some empathy around that. Yeah. I never want to say, oh, it's okay to put up with abusive behaviors. Of course not. But the thing of it is, a lot of times people will come in my office and I say, listen, I will give you a space to get things out. You can get frustrated. You can show me all of that, but let's work on that and figure this out. And I will validate you. As a therapist, I will validate what you're feeling, but let's work this out so that when you go out into the community, people are not going to accept it as much if you're acting out in that way. So let's figure out ways to cope. And so in that way, understanding that sometimes people just have all of this pent up stuff because of this emotional distress that they're feeling, that they need that ear, they need some support and realizing that if people aren't able to tolerate that, maybe try to help them with some resources in the direction of where they can go, that they can find some of that support and validation. Well, Courtney, a lot to digest here. Yeah. And I'm sure people may have additional questions. And if they want to get in touch with you with those questions, how can they do it? You can always email me wellness at WCTK.com. And also, like I said, we have great resources at wellness411catcountry.com on the Wellness 411 page. And of course, at Cat Country Mornings on all of the socials, we have individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, 
sometimes Bedard, <laughs> Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. We would love for you, too, to, as always, spread the word to people who may be struggling with some mm-hmm. of what we've discussed today. And also let them know that they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. They can listen on their smart devices. We could really use some reviews as we continue to grow this audience week by week. And we thank you for coming on that journey with us. We do. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. If I get a review from Ye or Davidson, (laughs) it would absolutely make my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we got the big episode 9-0 next week. Wow. Already? How about that? Are we going to have a party at 100? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring in the little noisemakers. At this age, when we're in our 50s and we're celebrating 100, I think we have to have a low-key celebration. Am I right? Right, right. Take it easy. (laughs) So we'll look forward to that. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. Hey!